Welcome to Osnap, candid conversations about business and life with your hosts Amy and Rosie, owners of Snap, the community, education and inspiration forum for photographers and creatives. We are on ah, for the second time today. <laughs> we, uh, but we have tea now. Yeah, we do. We have Rishi tea, which is actually a part of the conversation today. <laughs> You're probably wondering, what does mushroom tea have to do with slow living? Um, Tell us, Amy. Well, Tell us. This is like my favourite topic at the moment. Um, oh, so good. Uh, if you listened to the previous episode, which was like our big snap debrief, which we recorded 20 minutes ago. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, this is how we do. <laughs> yeah, we like worked out we can record three episodes at a time. That's like our limit. Yeah, we did ambitiously at the beginning. We're like, we can record six episodes in a day. It's, it can't be done. No, three is our max. And um, this brings me... And if you follow the snap Instagram, you've probably been noticing over the last couple of months that I have been enthusiastically posting about only like just slowing down and looking after yourself and I have been so enthusiastic about it that I posted the same thing twice (laughs) 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 in two weeks and that was about normalizing working at like 70% capacity and you posted about this as well in the Facebook group where you said you know is it okay that I'm only giving 80% of myself today and I was like yeah also also 80% is still too much (laughs) yeah make it 70 and then Laura Babb commented and said make it 60 and we've got a deal (laughs) (laughs) um so you know it's um I I really I've definitely spent most of my life thinking that I have have to give a hundred percent of myself to absolutely everything I do. Yeah. And if it's not a hundred percent, then it's not good enough. And now I'm thinking about it. I also feel like this is another issue with definitely capitalism, but also patriarchy because I think women and people who aren't men. Okay, so I was thinking about this earlier on because we, Amy and I have like pre-chats. We don't mean to, but we just kind of, we don't like plan stuff, but we were like, so what the episode's going to be? And then we'd inevitably end up having a chat about it. Um, and when you mentioned earlier about um, someone who had grown their business to like millions and then kind of scaled back again and how it's like a, a thing that it, uh, women are doing. Like, women are hitting, like, heady heights and yeah. they're kind of scaling back. And I was thinking about, like, actually, I think it it's kind of, um, it's a weird thing because you kind of go, oh, you want to do anything a man can do. So, but also, I feel like, and this might be controversial, but, like, I feel like men get more support mm. because... There is still quite often a dynamic where the man is the main breadwinner in a household. Yeah. So they get supported in oh, yeah, other definitely. ways. Whereas if you're a woman, chances are... Why aren't you looking after your children? Yeah. Or, like, chances are that the, like, in a heterosexual setup, um, if you're the woman out working, chances are the, the man is also out working. Yeah, and I think actually the current capitalist situation of the cost of living crisis, like most households require both people to work, um, but then women or other people who are like the primary parent or primary caregiver, um, they're also doing a lot more free labour. Mm. Um, because yeah. biologically, if they have children, they're probably more likely to be fulfilling that role. And it is free labour. Um, and we had this conversation last night, actually, where uh, we were talking about the family setup, but we're not going to go into the family setup today. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, just, just bring it, 
bringing you back. You're bringing back to bringing slow, slow working. Uh, but my my point, like your point, is exactly completely right. But my uh, point about it was that I think we're conditioned as women that we think we need to be doing more and that we need to operate at one hundred and fifty percent at all times. Otherwise, we're not valid. Otherwise, mm. we're not. We don't deserve anything. Um, also, I think we're just used to working harder for what we get. Yeah, because we we do have to bang on the door harder. Like we don't get given a key. We have to like fucking knock it down. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is harder work. And but then I also think it's it's not just because I also I also think that they're burnt out men. Yeah. Um, I think everyone's burnt yeah. out because of the capitalist society that we live in. Um, and the current cost of living crisis and also we're told that money is really important and we should have lots of it solve all our problems exactly and we've also you know mostly since the 80s consumer culture Mm. your life you know fill the void by this new thing get into debt like you need to have like you need to go on holiday to have a fulfilling life like when actually I currently have no inclination to go on holiday because I really love where I live um and I, I mean, find I felt like I like I so I came and stayed with Amy uh yesterday. Um and we just had a lovely time yeah. where you live. Um I felt like I'd been on holiday. Folks <laughs> <laughs> yeah. sounds great. Uh no it isn't, don't move here. Um but yeah, I, I feel like we do feel like as women we have more to prove. And I, I and I think that um capitalism is I don't think it's about your actual physical gender either I think it's like we live in a very masculine energy type world which is like push push do do have more um and while feminine energy is slightly more slower and in tune with yourself and more in a state of flow um more engaged with the world around you and you need both energies Mm -hmm. like whether you're a man woman non-binary I'm not talking about your your genitalia. I'm talking about energy. Energy, yeah. Um, and the problem is, is when you are in a state of like masculine energy, which is like do do do, push push push, which is what I've been for most of my life. You burn out. Mm. You need both. Both energies are important. And that's kind of for me where like slower living comes in. And, um, you know, I've, I've been really poorly for the last seven months. I think I've been quite mentally unwell for quite a long time. Yeah. Because um, I had a lot of trauma, leaving an abusive relationship. Like, I think in your head you're like, oh, I'll go to therapy for six months and then I'm healed. <laughs> <laughs> and there are so many layers. They are so many layers. And then autism. I am autistic. The world is a lot harder for me. Um, I have to work a lot harder. It costs me more energy to participate. Um, so burnout, and most autistic people, and also most any most neurodivergent people will understand this. You burn out a lot faster, and you actually also, if you're high functioning, will just continue to push through that burnout mm. um, until your body starts to yeah. fall apart. <laughs> and you know, I hit six figures. And it was odd, I was talk, listening back to previous episodes, the money one, mm. where I was like, oh, you know, actually, I was thinking about scaling back, and now actually I want to push for, like, seven figures. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Let's make that clear. I'm, I am retracting that. I have changed since January or February, whenever we recorded that episode. Um, and the lessons, probably the last couple of months... Um, since snap and engaging with you know this no it's not a long period of rest I've been resting for the last two months <laughs> there's not, no, not a long period of rest at all um I need more rest if I'd had a tarot reading on Wednesday that told me to rest some more um <laughs> I feel like um like especially with the soul living thing like I think building rest into your normal routine yeah um I don't know about you, but like I, where, how I grew up was very, um, like my parents are both kind of like do everything 
my dad mainly it's like you you get everything you need to do all your jobs done first and then you relax like only once you have finished everything are you allowed to relax yeah and i think the problem is with my life is that i'm i'm never done well so to go to that point i agree with you entirely and i think most people have that mindset um, that you don't deserve rest until, until everything's, everything's done. Finished. But that's not the truth because nothing is ever finished. Yeah. Like, let's start there. The to-do list will never end. There will never not be a to-do list, especially if you own a business, especially if you have a family, especially if you are a human being living in the world. Do you remember <laughs> that, like, blissful time when you were at school and you got all your homework done? Mm-hmm. And that, I think, I, like, that feeling where you're, like, you finish that last piece of homework and you're, like, oh, I can have, like, my Sunday or whatever. I, I feel like I've been chasing that feeling. <laughs> it's not real. It's, uh, that's, like, being a child. So, yeah, exactly. Adulting is an entirely different experience. Doesn't do it. So, I've been experimenting with, kind of, um, resting first. Yeah. So, I start my day now with rest. Now Me too. I, I know that, like, obviously... You, you've been resting, you've been sleeping, whatever. But also, I've had, like, really vivid dreams, and sometimes I just need to kind of, like, wake up slowly. So I try and have, like, two hours in the morning that are just mine. I don't start work till 11. Oh, yeah. At I least. Probably, no, actually, <laughs> I, pro- I probably don't, if, if I haven't got a shoot, I probably don't start work until after lunch. My morning is all about me. I go for a swim, I go for a walk. I might go do my emails in a cafe. I usually go to a yoga class. Um, journal. I just potter juice. I mean, we've talked about self care before. Yeah. And I, I and yeah, I think rest is integral to functioning. Mm. <laughs> um, and living in the mindset of I don't deserve rest until everything is done is just ridiculous that is just that that is one way to put yourself into an early grave and that's probably one of the biggest things that i've been thinking about is that slowness is the key to longevity because you were really worried at one point um and i think it was probably adding to your stress of it that um like what you were doing physically to your body (coughs) because of how tired you were and because of how stressed you were I you um and don't mind me mentioning but but like you were worried about like a chronic illness. I I'm still concerned about that. And the the damage that burnout has done in that way. I am still very concerned about that. The chronic pain I have in my body every single day, which I was actually denying for quite a long time because I was like, Oh, you know, I become burnt up and now it's not. So that is still something that like, and I bear in mind I'm, I eat really healthy. I eat very well. I exercise like, and not like hard exercise like yoga, sea swimming. Um, and now I'm <clears throat> obviously trying to find more balance. So I'm hoping it will get better. But I do need to go to the doctors because it's not the amount of pain that I'm in is not is not it's normal. Not normal. Um, like, yeah, it's like in my joints and my back and my muscles. But I I also. I've, I've had COVID like four times and I've had long COVID symptoms of every single one. So I think that has also ravaged my body yeah. alongside a lot of stress and exhaustion. So actually it's a wonder that I'm capable of getting up in the morning. <laughs> but yeah, like addressing the pain. And actually this last week, my pain's been really bad. Um, I'm sorry, mate. Yeah, it's okay. Like, well, no, it's not okay. Like, let's, let's not do that. Um... Well, my pain has been really bad, um, and you know, sitting at my desk is really painful at the moment, um, and it's so frustrating because uh, I don't want to feel like that every yeah. day. But that is the result of what I have been doing for the last. I don't know. I think probably since I left my ex, that kind of the whole foundation of my success has been or financial success. I want to really separate those two things has been uh the validation validating myself through mm. busyness which i don't my worth is not based on my productivity <laughs> um. oh but like that's so ingrained in me 
Oh yeah, it's still that's ingrained so, in me. That's so like, yeah. If I'm not, if I'm not being productive, if I'm not, um, like, I had real, real issues for a really long time about um, like doing nothing or taking time mm. for me because it wasn't productive enough, and I would feel really guilty about it. Yeah. Yeah, I, there is guilt, definitely. I've had guilt this week where I haven't operated at the optimal capacity. And then also, you know, my along with them, a lot of people, like, my business is slower at the moment, so there is some fear around finances. Um, and that's kind of always, like, chasing. So when I'm, like, doing nothing, because I'm resting, um, which is productive, ultimately... Um, I'm like, you should be doing this, you should be doing this, you should be doing this. I'm like, you know, you're not going to have any money in the winter if you don't do this. Um, and that's just not true. No. Like, um, yeah, and so engaging with this is actually really hard. It's really hard to kind of go, okay, the to-do list is never going to be done. Mm-hmm. But actually when you really come to accept that, that's where the kind of liberation lies, I think. Um... But it's sticking with it. And I also want to just, like, point out that we are two people who don't have children. Yeah. I think that's really important. Yeah. We are not responsible for raising other human beings. So we do have a bit more privilege in terms of time. Mm. And I know how much harder it is for people who are raising children to kind of find this time to rest. And I could go into why I... Why that makes me think that the current family unit is not. <laughs> but we won't. <laughs> Maybe save that for like another time. <laughs> I'm reading a book about it at the moment. Everyone got quite offended on my stories. <laughs> on that. Really? I mean, the title is Abolish the Family. Like, oh, okay. like it's a pretty uh, big statement. But it's really good. I'd recommend reading it. Um, but yeah, I think so. It's, it could, it, it's, it's harder for some people. And I think... I feel grateful that I don't have children um, or any, like any major responsibilities and obviously that could change like at some stage you know my parents will get elderly mm. and they will need more support um I might have a partner one day who becomes ill but actually I actually no I had this conversation with my mum because obviously her, her mum's been quite poorly and it's exhausting caring for someone mm. And I was like, you need to ask for more help. Because you're going to be no good to anyone. And I do think that's the other thing as well. Like, asking for help is yes, really yeah, hard for people. It. So, like, this definitely is something that um, I've had to embrace over the last few months. Because I haven't had any, like, like money has been non-existent. So, oh, like, do you have major surgery? Yeah. And, uh, like, asking for help was something that I don't I think it's partly rooted in like feeling like I don't deserve help mm. um or that I would be a burden to other people if I asked for help um but I'm trying to lean into it a little bit more yeah I think it's being able to ask for help I think is really important um because again like you're not doing anyone any good if you're destroying yourself also I've learned and I like my so I work a lot in care homes. Um, if you listen to the previous episodes, you'll know. Um, and um, I feel like actually, when you ask for help or you ask for advice or you ask things of other people, because actually, when I think about how I feel when someone asks for my help, I feel privileged. Like I feel, yeah, I, feel I really good when like helping my people. Help. So like, actually, it's a nice thing to do. Um, I think the the difference is obviously if you ask too much, but um, yeah, if you're taking advantage of people, it's completely different. But I kind of feel like most people aren't taking advantage of people. Yeah, like also I like I like boundaries in that sense as well. Like if um, if I ask somebody something and they say yeah, actually no, I can't do that, then mm. that just makes me feel really safe because it means that I can like I know I'm not pushing them beyond what. <sighs> Sorry, bug just flew at me. <laughs> um, but beyond their capabilities. Yeah, I think it's important to ask for help. I think it's important to engage with rest. And I think um, 
yeah, just over the last two months, realizing more and more, what do I want my actual life to look like? Mm. My day to day. Yeah, how you spend your time. Yeah, like and and energy. Yeah, I don't want to be tired all the time. I don't want to be working all the time. I love my job, but the more if I burn myself out, I don't love it. It becomes a chore. Mm. I don't want it to feel like a chore. Um, so I feel like engaging or slowing down is really powerful. It's powerful on so many levels. And, I, and this is also why I'm really excited about Giselle speaking at Snap, because this is what this is her area of expertise. Um, I didn't, I realised I was going to kill myself. Like, I was going to die. This was going to, like... I was, this was going to put me in an early grave and this comes back to mortality. Like we only get one go mm. or as far as we know, um, we might get more. We don't know, like who knows. Um, I only get one go and do I want to spend it working and chasing money or do I want to spend it with my friends, with my family, going for long walks, getting in the sea, cooking nice meals. Like, how do I want to live my everyday? Because, like, I think we, like, have this idea that we're, like, always trying to, like, achieve sex, self-actualization, and every day needs to be, like, this magical, like, big thing, and we're kind of chasing the big stuff. As or if you're, like, or working towards it, like, every day, it's, like, if you're not going forwards, then... Yeah, and then it's, like, the very, like, hustle culture as well that I think you see from coaches and stuff on Instagram where they're, like, private jets and going around the globe, I'm, but I'm also a bit like, when I see people living that life, I'm like, what are you running away from? <laughs> yeah, I get that. <laughs> oh, God, I know, but I've, I've seen this, I, I'm laughing because I'm, I've seen this a lot, where, um, where people just throw themselves into work because they don't want to acknowledge maybe what's going on at home or in their heads. Mm-hmm. So it becomes like this escape. Yeah. Except it, it, it's not really an escape, it's just a... I often see this with like photographers that do destination weddings and they have like a whole family at home and then they're away for like most of the summer and I'm like, what is that? Like, maybe it's nothing, maybe, maybe it's nothing, but I'm, I, I do feel like a lot of people are trying to escape themselves and they do that through work and this kind of high pace push push life because the moment they stop being busy you're faced with whatever it is your whatever your trauma is yeah. whatever you're healing from whatever it is you don't like about yourself it's true though isn't it i mean like um what so i i know this because very, i was that person yeah like, yeah <laughs> I, like i'm very gonna flippantly say it but like when i had my first mental breakdown at the age of 17 um and I was like, I was very, um, like I worked very hard on my schoolwork. Like I spent a long, a lot, a lot of time on schoolwork because everything had to be perfect. Yeah. Um, and like there was various different pressures and stuff at home. And my, the rest of my family went on holiday. Um, not in like I didn't abandon me, I asked to stay at home because it was uh, like exam results week and I wanted to spend some time with my friends. So, and that was kind of the first time I'd really been alone, but also without anything to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just lost it, absolutely lost it. Yeah. Um, I mean, the thing is, I can understand why people run away from that. I can understand why people throw themselves into oh, work. I can, completely. Because it just... Because having, like, looking inwards is scary. It's really scary. And I feel like the last couple of months for me since Snap and actually not being capable of pushing or doing for the last couple of months has been... I mean, obviously, I've still been working. I've still been shooting weddings. um, But I've not really done a lot of brand shoots. I've been working at a much like lower capacity. I've not been. I've been giving longer deadlines for things. I've not been doing previews within forty eight hours. Like, what the fuck were we doing? <laughs> Who came up with that idea? Um, <laughs> like, uh, the day after a wedding, I am autistic. I'm fucked. Like, I have masked solidly and and extremely 
for like 12 hours along with probably four hours worth of driving like i'm a mess like i need a, i need a day off mm. after that um so i'm like now i'm telling couples they'll have previews within a week yeah, perfectly yeah reasonable um because my care come my like self-care comes first and um it's that slow down it's not rushing like stop like also i've stopped trying to please an algorithm or i just can't i just can't, i just can't do it i couldn't do it i could not physically do it over the last few months it's like my brain and my body just went nope and after snap i had a very busy week of work i had three weddings i had a big corporate job and then i was going to scotland to walk the west highland way got covid again um <laughs> Um, it's almost like someone's trying to tell you to slow down. I know, right? <laughs> um, so I went to um, Scotland and I wasn't feeling great and I went to walk the West Highland Way, which is 100 miles and everyone's like, oh God, that's a long way. I was so happy on that walk. I was exactly where I want to be. Like, I did it nice and slowly. I did it steadily. I bathed in forests, I drank it all in, I ate, like, I, lo I, I love food, like, especially after a big long walk, that, like, when you can feel your body just, like, oh, food. Soaking um, it all in. I was, like, literally feel it, absorbing it, and, like, eating these big meals, and then walking, and not having to think about anything else, and that's how I felt when I did the Southwest Coast Path, and I regularly crave this space, because mm. in this space, I'm in nature, for a start, which is just, I think it's, I think it's important for all of us to be in nature as, as much as we possibly can. Um, but I'm just in my element, everything feels so mindful, I'm just walking, like, and when I was on this walk, I was just like, processing what had just happened. And also, not escaping myself, but getting to know myself mm -hmm. again. And I feel like the last couple of months for me, it's been this period of rest, but I've also been making some big decisions about what I'm going to do and how I'm going to move forward and realising I don't need to pursue big numbers. I don't want to pursue big numbers. I just need enough. Yeah. And knowing what like, that enough is is really important. Like you were telling me yesterday that actually a lot of the stuff that you enjoy doing is very low cost. Incredibly low cost. Um... So low cost, like, and, and, you know, the more money you earn, the more you expand, like, the more you spend, that's, you know, I think that's pretty inevitable because you have more disposable income. And so things can get out of control, like, quite quickly. Um, and then you're chasing your tail to maintain that. Um, and getting out of it is actually quite hard, like, deregistering for that is, is, is quite a hard process. It's, I mean, it's all done for me now. Um, and there's that really nice thing of knowing there's only so much work I can say yes to because I don't want to go back over that bat threshold. Mm. Um, so it does create more space. Um, I am also retraining at the end of this year. So in the last two months, I'm, I think I'll always be a photographer, but I'm going to start coaching more. And then I'm also starting uh, training to be a trauma-informed somatic counsellor because I want to start going into like the therapeutic space um you know I've had a very long career as a photographer and, and said I still do it but I'm also thinking about my body I'm approaching 40 do I really want to be photographing weddings when I'm older for some people that will be the right thing for me I know it won't be um and also it's a slightly slower pace but I think the knowing what you need mm -hmm. and what is enough is like because for me, £85,000 a year turnover is more than enough for me to live the life that I want to live yeah. and to do the things I want to do and also to save so I can have some security. Like, I don't need more than that. And there's, there's a beautiful act of resistance in that as well in terms of resisting capitalism because it works two ways. First of all... Um, me saying no to stuff create generates more work for other people. Mm -hmm. Um, so you are yeah, you share the wealth quite literally. 
Exactly. Like, you know, the work that I won't do or don't want to do or can't do because I'm full um, and at capacity, I can share with other people. And I think that in itself is a really beautiful thing. Um, but also rest is resistance in a system that is telling us, that is literally telling us on a daily basis our value. Go, go, go. Go, go, go. Bye, bye, bye. Consume, consume, consume. Um, yeah, if you don't agree with that way of life, then, and I, and I think the, the crisis of burnout that we have at the moment is like the biggest symptom of, of, of that, like we're burnt out because of that system. So, you know, if you don't want to go to protests, if you don't want to engage in any other form of activism, um, then engage with rest. Like, I think that's really like really powerful thing mm. to do and is healthier and better and uh, uh, one of the books I'm reading at the moment like when we lived in communities and stuff like that before the most amount of work that people would do a week would be 15 hours and obviously this was before like monetized societies and things like that but we're not made for this who's yeah I was thinking about like so a lot of my kind of um I have a lot of insecurities about the fact that I I don't physically seem to be able, physically, mentally, able to work um, nine to five. No, like, I can't either. I can't do like 40 hours a week. Like I just, I just can't, I, I, anymore. I mean, I measured it at one point um, sort of within about five years of first going self-employed and I was doing like 70 hour weeks. Um, and now I just, it's almost like my brain's just like maxed out. Mm. Um, we just have to remember we're living in the age of information as well. Like we are being bombarded in a way that humanity has never been bombarded with stuff before. I just, yeah, like I, I, I don't know how people do nine to five. Like I, it, like it just doesn't work. I hit a wall around kind of like three, four hours. I just hit a wall and I can't go beyond that. Yeah, and also, that there, I mean, there's been tons of conversations around this, as you know, this is why a lot of companies are doing four-day weeks. Um, yeah. Because actually, when they looked at the eight-hour day and actually the um, productivity was yeah. only, like, two to three hours, the rest of the time people... like, And also, like, I couldn't work into nine, in a nine-to-five because of the pure politics. My friends who work in nine-to-fives, they're like... There are so many emails and pointless meetings. Yeah. Um, like, we don't actually need to be there for those things. Um, like, the work infrastructure, I feel, is very back to front. And the countries who are making radical change are the ones, I think, who are leading leading this. Um, because I don't, I don't think... I think we've got it all wrong. I really do. Um, I don't think most people function in a nine-to-five. Yeah, that's why everyone's tired all the time. God help the like people. When was the who... last time you met an adult who didn't say like, "I'm tired"? When was the last time you met an energetic adult <laughs> <laughs> who was like consistently balanced, had had good energy, and wasn't just like, "Oh yeah, actually, I'm quite tired." Yeah, if you like really got to the bones, the bones of it, or or as you said, people who are just trying to escape themselves. Like, I think that's probably like a big, big one. Um, I feel like there's a class thing as well. Like, I think because we, I mean, we we still do live in a we live in the class system completely. Um, and it's the idea of like bettering, moving, moving up the classes, like moving, and and I I do kind of to some extent, like leaving, leaving something for your kids. I understand that, like. Mm. Oh no, I do, I do understand that completely, and I agree about the class system because I think there are people who are in horrible situations with just trying to survive, um, and we have a lot of poverty in this country, and I have friends who are really struggling, um, and you know it, it is hard out there, and I think it's very easy to say that oh, it's easy to rest if you have the security that you that mm. you need um again i kind of then that this makes me want to go into like the whole structure of our society and how just 
completely backwards it is. Um, I feel like that, though, is is sort of one of the reasons... I think if you go self-employed, you are kind of rebelling against that. Yeah, you are. And also, I think sharing resources and caring for one another is another key to this. Community over collaboration. No, community over competition. Yeah, but it's not even that. I'm talking, like, even a step further. Like... Finance, like financially supporting people when they need it, mm. like, and there not being this stigma around doing that, um, or receiving that, or receiving that. Yeah, like if you need help, then that like, you should have that help. And I don't think we're very good at doing that. I don't think we're very good at helping one another. Yeah, and you see it as well when people talk about the universal basic income how mm. like that's a really like people get really worked up and they're like oh that would just encourage people to be lazy mm. um i was having this conversation the other night actually um uh with some of my band members um and saying about uh, i think they were talking about i can't remember what area of essex it was but it's like got one of the highest um percentage of people who have never had a job um and essentially the the kind of like the consensus among the band members was that oh they're just being lazy like they you know signing on the dolls easier isn't it um and and i was like <clears throat> as someone who has had to sign on to the doll at like parts of my life it that is not an easy thing to do like that's nothing about that whole thing the amount of hoops that you have to jump through yeah the like you, and it's self-perpetuating yeah because did you feel like a lazy person who's not capable of doing anything yeah so you almost fall into that stereotype because you're collecting a benefit but also if you if you're like um a lot of it's generational so if you if you're the third generation of people like if your family's always signed on Mm-hmm. I think there's a there's a lot of like self belief. Yeah, there's a lack of self belief. So you like you, and and also these people are vulnerable people. Yeah. Um. So if you're not, um, if you haven't, if you don't believe that you are capable, thank you. Yeah. If you um, if you think that's that's all you're good for, that's all like you have nothing to offer the world. If you if you're not. If you don't feel valued as a member of society. Yeah. And people say, oh, you know, but they people spend it on cigarettes and drugs and alcohol. And I'm like, again, that's so... That, I would. To me, that is no different to, like, the high-level coaches making into, lots of money yeah. and travelling around the world and not, like, facing themselves. Like, yeah. that is no different. That is just another just form opposite ends of the financial scale. scale. Exactly. And then you're defining people by the financial scale, which I think is so wrong. Um... And the, the, the thing about universal basic income is that the, the ben, most of the benefit system would be scrapped mm. because that's what would be funding. And it then creates an equal playing field. Mm. And I don't think that... Um, there's always going to be lazy people, right? And, and they're probably not lazy. There's probably a mental health illness... Like, I feel like... Oh, I was reading something about this the other day, about, like, let's abolish the word lazy. And let's I hate the word lazy. Um, like you're like you're not having all your needs met yeah you're not having your needs met and 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 it's a it's a form of avoidance and it is a symptom of poor mental health like i don't feel like i feel like human beings generally because we are social and we are we have to be part of communities in order to survive don't want to not be contributing Mm. um but i think we put people in boxes and yeah, they, they I, I feel like that on the most part it's vulnerable people as opposed to people trying to take advantage. Um, and I think they are, you know, the people, even the people who people would say are taking advantage and like, I still feel like that's because of how a system has treated them. Um, because yeah, I think universal basic income is really important and so people can, first of all, that's the, the most obvious thing. I feel like there is a lot of people, there's probably a lot of unstarted businesses out there because people who are on benefits, well, the moment you start a business, you, you lose your benefits. And we all know that starting a business 
doesn't necessarily make you money for the first year, two years, three years. Um, so like having some sort of support. Also, people who want to transition, re-educate themselves. Like, why should they have to burn themselves out with three jobs to support that? Like, especially if they're going to retrain to be something that's mm. really needed. Like, at the moment, like, we are in desperate need of Nursing. therapists, nurses. Yeah. Like, but some people can't retrain for those things. Or they're on benefits and they'll lose the benefits the moment they go into, like, retraining. Because it's technically then, so like, a trapped, job. You're trapped in like, a you, system you, that literally, The system traps you. Universal basic income will empower you. Um, while also allowing you to be human and to rest and enjoy your life. I, I just feel like, what is this thing that life has to be hard? What is that? <laughs> why? <laughs> why does it have to be hard? And why does it have to be harder for some people? But it's perfectly okay for other people to hoard masses of resources mm. and money. Um, I don't get it at all. Um, and as I said, that's a much bigger conversation. <laughs> but um, and to bring it back to slow living, I, we're not meant to function like that. And no one gets to the end of their life and be and they'll be like, "Oh, I'm really happy." that I was really busy and tired and I didn't enjoy meals with my family. <laughs> There's more on going on. <laughs> right? No one that I, I was just been thinking about it and how I was like prioritizing work and my business and what people who I really don't care about think about me. Um, and the last two months, like, and, like, a lot has happened for me. Um, As an outside observer, you are so much, um, so much calmer. Mm. You seem so much more settled and happy. Yeah, and, and I feel like that. You don't seem, there was, there was, like, a quite a frantic energy about you for quite some time. Yeah. And that's really kind of... It was exhausting for me, and then it's exhausting for everyone else. Who <laughs> <me>. <laughs> it's not nice. But, but you, you seem a lot more. Yeah, it's not chill. a nice yeah. way to spend time with people, and also like being like that. I didn't have capacities to support the people or be there for the people who I love, and um, yeah, I just don't. That's not how I want to live my life, and I don't think anyone wants to live their life like that. Um, and actually one of the things I've been really engaging with, especially in Folkestone, is with community and meeting new people. And in the last, like, two and a half months, I have made an in- met an incredible group of people where I live. Um, and it's because I've made time. Yeah. Made time to go to a writing group. I've made time to go and watch Mean Girls on the big screen at the Goods Yard with people. <laughs> um, you know, I, I really... You know, I go swimming every day. I go swimming with other people. Um, going, I've joined a yoga studio and I go there and I also go work there because they have a lovely cafe and I'm meeting so many nice and amazing people and creative people. And that slowing down and engaging with community is improving my life and my business mm. because I'm not isolating myself and that's what I was doing when I was working so much. So there's massive benefits. Mm. We just have it hugely back to front. And I know it's hard because I've definitely, over the last two months, had to really reckon with myself. Not reckon with myself, just explore some things about myself um, that I was maybe avoiding before, like also really getting to know my autism and it sounds like it's like a thing. It is a thing, it's part of me. Yeah. Getting to know that and also thinking about my life and my relationships and um yeah you're not it's not easy to slow down because you do have to face yourself but I think that's better in the long run than this just constant rushing yourself into an early grave um so I think some tips yeah 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 how to transition yeah it's not easy (laughs) um I think you've got bright, you've got to spend time thinking about what you actually want. Yeah, I was gonna say like probably like really sitting down and thinking about um, what's important, what matters to you, and I would 
So for me, that was my health, time with my friends, um, enjoying my life, seeing my horse, looking after myself, um, and enjoying my work again. Mm. Um, I'd say it was like the important things. So I think just sitting down and making a list of those things that are important to you um, is a really good place to start because then you can start to see that actually those things don't they're not they don't require you to earn five figures a month um or to be striving for that um so yeah i think that working out what's important and also maybe thinking about what you want your day to look like yeah like your day-to-day i'm not talking about like the big exciting days i'm talking about your every day what do you want it to look like how do you want to feel Mm. do you want to feel energized like feel engaged I'd have to say like the biggest thing that I noticed it was a couple of weeks ago was um uh in Folkestone they had like a weekend where they were like celebrating all the artists because we have a lot of we have a lot of small businesses and creators and artists here and there's like a weekend every June that celebrates that and I was like obviously visiting all these open studios and art galleries and really connecting with the art okay not all of it, obviously, because like art's very subjective. And it was, it was a very slow weekend. It was a very slow weekend. And um, no work, even though I felt like there was pressure. I didn't even do emails. I left them all till Monday. I know, right? I know. <laughs> you do like a good email. Search. I only like good email. <laughs> um, and um, I realised for the first time in my life, because I've never felt it before, that I wasn't in vital flight. Ooh. And the reason I recognised it was because I have never connected with stuff like that before. I was engaged in the world around me. I could connect with the art. I could feel emotions around the art. Like, I was feeling stuff. And I was like... I don't, I don't, like in quite an emotional way as well like there were some pieces that I came across that really like made me feel quite teary and like I think if you knew me before snap I didn't cry for like three years and then I cried a lot of snap <laughs> but no, you, you've said to me before in the past about feeling like almost like numb to things yeah because I was completely disassociated and actually I haven't used the word yet but it's important is embodiment I have been practicing embodiment on a daily basis. So that is another thing I would say. Embodiment is probably the most crucial thing. How do people do that? There's lots of ways of doing that. Um, I mean, there's a whole philosophy around it. You know, like the mind, body, spirit, and thinking that they're all separate. They're not separate. Um, like, your body is really important. Your body is really wise. <laughs> it knows a lot of stuff. It stores everything. It stores trauma. And I'm really excited about training to become a somatic counsellor because somatic therapies is about processing trauma in the body because we store trauma in the body and the more embodied you become the more you release that trauma um we're not gonna get into like full detail like when you talk about being in like embodiment do you mean being like engaged with how you feel that's a part of it um but i would say like us going in the sea this morning is embodiment like For me, sea swimming is, and I said this while we were in the water, is when I start to feel anxious and in my head and I'm worrying about tomorrow or next week or October. Like, there is months until October. I don't need to worry about October (laughs) right now. And, you know, I worry about everything all the time and it's because I'm in my head and that worry puts me into fight or flight, which means that um, I'm in a response situation I'm flooded with cortisol it's causing I think this is the problem with my joints like being in fight or flight consistently with cortisol pumping into my body it's an inflammatory chemical like hormone like it's it's really bad um it's perfect for when there is an actual fight or flight situation but when there isn't a fight or flight situation um you don't want to be in that space so you, it causes acute inflammation which is causes pain Sea swimming, for me, that cold water, the shock of the cold water gets me straight out of my head and into my body because I can feel everything in my body. Like, and I am, like, just 
I can feel the edges of myself again. I can feel my skin. I can I can feel where pain is. I can like I just I can feel my body again. Um, and obviously I don't know how you felt this morning when you swam, but Sorry, it was. I'm having like a weird. Um, I uh, I've just had a, like a realization about something as as happens so often with when we're recording these episodes. Yeah. Um, I I feel like maybe. Uh, there is at least part of that, um, like, we might have to put the trigger warning thing, but, like, about self-harm. I, th- I think that is, yeah, a way that I've been previously trying to... Get back into your my body. body. Yeah, I see pain as a way. Uh, I do see pain as a route to, connect, like, trying to get in, back into your body. Because that's just clicked in my head. And that if I can find other ways to do that... To practice embodiment... Yeah, because um, help me move away from that. Glennon Doyle has been talking about it a lot on. Oh God, on, sorry, that's just that. When you're like connecting stuff together, and and for me listening, like because Glennon Doyle uh, speaks about this song, we could do hard things because she has an eating disorder, and it was like uh, she was talking about how, like, why do we do this thing where we think the body is separate to us, like. Mm-hmm love your body like what (laughs) like why is it a separate thing like it's a whole bigger picture and like there's some just really basic stuff you don't have to go get in the sea if you don't watch it you don't have to have a cold shower (laughs) like it's just really simple if you're at your desk and you need a wee go for a wee yeah like if your body is telling you that it needs something and, and we do this happens with children and then on the emotional basis where you're like, when uh, kids are sad, for example, and they're crying, you're like, no, you're not sad. And of course, in the head, you're going, oh, no, no, I'm not sad. But like, you are sad. <laughs> um, or, you know, uh, at school, telling, you know, you have to hold it. You can't go to the toilet or you're going to the toilet too much. Um, like, we become disembodied really early on um, in really basic ways. It's, I mean... This is probably a whole conversation on a different episode, which we could do. But the, the engaging with embodiment, I just feel is like one of the most crucial things. It's sitting down, it's cooking a meal that is both nutritious and gives you everything you need. And then it's sitting down and eating it slowly and enjoying it. Like this morning, I feel mm-hmm. like this morning was a ritual and in embodiment. Mm-hmm. We got up, we got in the sea, we walked, we moved our bodies, we then went and had a really nice breakfast and um then you started to feel a bit unwell and you recognized that and you voiced it and you did what you needed to do in order to feel less unwell like that to me is and it's really basic it is when you put it down but well, like when you say you know if you need a wee go for a wee or, or like how often are we thirsty and we don't yeah feel, same thing know, that kind of stuff like same thing yeah it's it's kind of it's re-engaging with and then the more um, disembodied you become, the more you lean on things like alcohol. Yeah. Like, the, you know, the, 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 the escaping of mm-hmm. yourself. Um, because you can't... And it's not... I, I say it's basic. It is basic, but it's also not easy. No, especially if you've... If you spent an entire life Yeah, a whole lifetime basically yeah. training yourself to ignore all those things so that you can be more productive... Because you're a cog in a wheel. Get a higher grade at school, get a better job at work, like, you know, all of those And then you're designed to worry about those things. Yeah, and they become the important things rather than being like, oh, maybe I should just go for a wee when I want to go for a wee. Yeah, or drink water, or rest, or sleep. Like, I really struggle with that. Like, I think it was Tuesday? Um, Yeah, Tuesday, because we had the full moon on Monday. And the film, this is a big moon, um, it was quite heavy, like, it, yeah, it, for people who follow moon cycles, you'll know what I'm talking about, <laughs> it was quite intense, um, and um, on Tuesday, I, it's also this week, this is also embodiment, I am a cyclical being, I have, my body works in a cycle, it is not consistent, um, and this week for me is premenstrual. So I think if you if you menstruate, learning about your cycle and how your body works, I think is just really really mm. important. And so this week I've been like unable to focus. I've been unable, unable to sit at my desk. 
Um, I have felt exhausted. I have felt really heavy. And I've also made the mistake of booking too much social stuff in. Mm-hmm. Um, and on Tuesday, I was just like, I really tried hard. I tried super fucking hard to be productive. And I couldn't do it. And I got to, and I had a two hour, two hours of yoga booked in that evening. Um, and I think about one o'clock, I cancelled everything that I had booked in for that rest of the day. Went and got in the sea and then went to bed. Sounds very smart. And it was just recognising and being like, nothing terrible is going yeah. to happen if... You just cancel your afternoon. You've done your best. Mm. You have done your best. You haven't not been productive. And if you know me, my level of productivity is... What I probably think is an unproductive day is probably... (laughs) (laughs) Is one of my better productive days. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, like, I hold myself to very high standards when it comes to productivity. Um, So actually coming down... From that and going back to that, hey, let's operate at 70% and then you have 30% that's yours, mm. I think has been, yeah, and just that afternoon just recognising, stop trying to fight it. Because yeah. before I would have fought it until yeah. like 12 o'clock at night because I'd be like, this needs to be done. And then I would have been fucked. Mm. And I've still been really tired this week, but doing that on Tuesday afternoon definitely helped. I mean, we went out last night and I was like, this was a bad idea for me. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, mm, it's time to go home. <laughs> uh, we were in bed by half past ten and really woke up with no hanging. But that's the other thing. That's what I'm doing at the moment is last night was also an act of embodiment because I've been exploring my relationship with alcohol. Um... And realising that alcohol for me was all about um, getting through social situations. Because I am, like, with autism it can be really hard, but it's not that you don't want to be social, it's not that you don't want to be a part of the group, it's just that it can be very challenging. So alcohol became a tool, if you like, to make that slightly easier. Um, but the problem is, it's not making it easier. You're just oppressing yourself mm. or suppressing yourself. And so last night I didn't drink. And I haven't been drinking... I drank one... I drank once in June, but I haven't, I haven't been drinking for a little while. Not really. I'm not, like, fully denying myself. Um, but I'm just exploring what it feels like. And last night we obviously went to this party. And it was really good. And it was that lovely people there. Um... But I was just, and I wanted to dance, and I did dance, save so dancing for the win. Um, <laughs> and that's really nice, and I think that's an act of embodiment. Mm. Isn't it funny how people can't dance mm. until they're drunk enough to get themselves mm. into that? Like, and I watch these older women as well who don't drink in some spaces. Like, there was a couple of them there last night, and I can see the difference. They are so embodied. Because they are just you, moving. Just, yeah, you stop getting, like, you stop being in your head. Yeah, and, you, and, and, and they're not drunk. Then like... And I'm like, okay, I can do that. Mm. And, and I've only just been able to do that before I wouldn't have touched a dance floor because I've been like, oh, look at my God. But now it's like <laughs> kind of getting out of my head and into my body and just feeling and moving how I want to feel. But the problem last night was everyone else was drunk and I was overtired. I'm premenstrual, so I'm a bit more autistic than normal. And then... <laughs> touching me and then I suddenly felt clunky and I got into my head a bit and like too many people touching me because that's obviously the nature of a busy dance floor um also that if you can't hear you end up being a bit more like in people's faces yeah and then I'm also trying to like process facial expressions and things like that so I was like it's time to go like this is not the right space for me tonight and actually a part of today has been that might not ever be the right space for me again because maybe like actually it's only the right space if it's with like because I feel like if I was if I'd known everyone there like it's snap mm. I it danced all night yeah. yeah I danced all night and I didn't drink but that's because I knew everyone there and there was more space mm. like I don't feel like I need to be on a crowded dance floor mm. so I feel like that's embodiment I'm recognizing what my needs are and 
meeting them, but also recognizing that, yeah, that's fun, but choosing myself is actually choosing to go home mm. and not engaging in the fear of missing out. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah? yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I think that, I, so just to summarize, I think work out what's important, start listening to your body, um, and just start to maybe not run away from yourself when things feel a bit hard. Um, or if like or at least recognising that you, maybe you're doing that yeah and be bored it's okay to be bored we, Ooh, I was having this conversation the other day we don't um, have this remember when we were kids and because we didn't have like social media and like a billion TV channels um, if you come to my house I don't have a TV in my in my house like um, be bored like having like how often do you have um, so was talking to someone and they were saying that they'd um they essentially had turned up for a, uh, an appointment and had to wait um and she's saying that the people around her were getting like annoyed about the fact that they had to wait and she was like you know what I don't often have two hours to just sit and do nothing mm. so I'm gonna just take advantage of the fact that I can stare out the window and yeah I can people watch and yeah there's, there's a really powerful exercise. Uh, I would recommend it. I recommended it before. I recommend it all the time. 4,000 Weeks by Ola Bergman. Like, everyone should read that book. And there's a really powerful exercise in that book where it's actually part of a university art course where students have to go to an art gallery and just sit, pick a painting, and sit in front of it for three hours. And the emotional roller coaster mm. that is that three hours. You're not allowed to look at your phone. Like, and, and and that's where you really can appreciate, like, oh, maybe they did those brush strokes on purpose, mm. like, and then you can start to see stuff. Because initially, like, the first half an hour is going to be ridiculously painful. Mm. Um, and, yeah, I just think uh, boredom is... I know when I let myself be bored, I get some incredible ideas. Um, I, like... I don't know if you do this. When you drive... Like if you've got a long car journey, like especially if it's, um, for me a lot of it is like to and from gigs. Yeah. Not so much on the way there because I, I want to like hype myself up, but on the way back I'll, um, I'll maybe spend like an hour, two hours not listening to anything, like not having music. I love that. Not. I do that a lot. And I'm actually, I go through space where I like listen to stuff because I want to learn and then I will, um, Yeah. Sometimes I just want silence. And it's, it's really cathartic. It was like, also like baths. I've said this to you before. Mm. That I think baths for me. <laughs> and like, like empty space. Yeah, but also like not having my phone in there. And you, you kind of, your brain just starts whirring in a different way. Mm. Yeah, but I, I get so many ideas and yeah. I'm like, you don't need to action them right now. <laughs> Make a note of them and you can come back to them later. But I think without those, like, especially creatives, we have to be bored. And we have to engage with bored. We have to. It's processing, and 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 it's where you really get to know know yourself, mm. like on a very deep level. Um, I went to a sound bath. Ooh, they're cool. I've done like gong baths and stuff before. Yeah, this was wild. This was like, and it was amazing. Um, they do them at Yoke, which is a yoga studio. They do them about once a month, and I'm going to go to them because um, it's like that lucid space between mm. awake and sleep. I'd say it's like probably the most closest you can get to a mushroom trip. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what meditation is. Yeah, yeah, without yeah without taking uh, psilocybin, but um, the like the stuff that came up during this sound bath and apparently I mean I don't like Albert Einstein because he stole a lot of stuff from his wife um funny how like his work started going downhill after his divorce um <laughs> um like apparently that's like the big minds of our you know the last hundred years or whatever like the biggest innovators they that lucid space between awake and sleep if you can get to it is where you get your your good stuff um and this is what i just found on the sound bath and it was just it was so restorative and 
it was also where, like, during that sound bath, I really started to think about my sexuality and that I'm not that I that I'm not straight. And like, going through this was just like, but it was in a really nice way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I think, yeah, engaging with stuff like that, which people like poo-hoo all the time, and I have. It is scary. Yeah, it is scary, and I think it's a process. Like, and it's hard, and I, I you know, it's I effort as well. Yeah, yeah, I definitely love to. I'm definitely an avoidant, so like, I'm one hundred percent. Like, it's taken me a lot to get here, um, but I think just to start and just to try new things, and also just to engage with with yourself. Like, what a shame it would be if you got to the end of your life and you didn't. Mm. You didn't know yourself and you hadn't enjoyed... It's the biggest relationship we have, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I think it's probably my final tip. Stop running away from yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Sweet. (laughs) Oh. That was good. Yeah, I liked that one. That was good. We didn't say bye, though. We can do it now. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) We said recording? Yeah. You pressed the mouse pad and I thought you stopped and you just let out a big sigh and I was like, oh, okay, we're done. (laughs) Waking up for the laptop. Uh, Should we say goodbye? Yeah. Bye, guys. Bye. Thanks for listening to Oh Snap. Like, follow and subscribe to keep yourself up to date with episodes. And if you're feeling extra, share this episode with someone who might find it useful.